we have uh, Logan saying, can't wait to see how cold this game is. Are we looking at like polar vortex? I haven't checked the weather. Uh, that it's going to be like the wind gusts are going to like dive into like the negative 20s Fahrenheit. That is, I think. I don't know how cold that is. <laughs> it's negative 20% cold, Katie. We've been over this. <laughs> Fahrenheit's easy, folks. If it's 100 degrees out, it's 100% hot. If it's zero degrees out, it's not hot at all. <laughs> speaking of getting the party started. <gasps> For the victory lap, though. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer come, what for? Train in the trees, please pardon my sycamore. Touch burning scenes. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It is episode 23. It's our LeBron episode, our Michael Jordan episode, um, our Joe Hayden episode. I can't think of any other 23s off the top of my head. And we have a lot to discuss. I'm Nick Shook. That is Katie Caldwell down at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch is Sean Barry. And if you're not, you can always find us in your favorite podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon's platform, all that good stuff. SoundCloud, we're everywhere you want to find us, you can find us. Quick little Google search. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Folks, how are we doing today? Katie, ladies first. <laughs> we are technically alive. How are you guys doing today? That's all I got. I don't have anything more oh. inspiring. Well, I guess, okay, I guess I'll follow that up. I'm good, guys. I'm good. New year, same me. Thank God. Thank God. Um, happy New Year. We haven't we haven't potted since, you know, before uh, before the New Year's. Uh, that's true. Uh, do we we did New Year's like resolutions of some sort, right? Or we at least talked about the New Year. I don't even remember. It was I don't know. Ago. I think it was right before the New Year. I think that was like our last. Well, we, 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 we've been busy. We've been busy. We've all been busy. Was, yeah. Playoffs are starting for you, Nick. I just, you know, still work my nine to five. Katie's been moving in and out of condos. Yeah. You know. Katie, how's your move gone? Oh, it has been a ride, but I'm back in my home office, which feels great to be back here. Yeah, yeah. the familiar background of the little Ikea cabinet, a uh, bookshelf, if you want to call it that. It's very tastefully arranged with books on both sides of her head, if you're listening, and we're painting a picture for you. There's a football next to some sort of panda bear. I don't know what that That's is. That's Su Rang from the PyeongChang Olympics. Oh, well, we do not need to get into that. Well, as we all know, Katie's the Olympic expert. Yes, here and not yes. Katie is the Olympics expert. For, why again, Katie? Unrelated. I'm quitting the podcast oh. again. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I was actually talking to a coworker about that uh, who said he watched our podcast and he was like, yeah, it's really, you guys are really funny. Like we, we enjoy it. So shout out Chris Cato uh, for watching our podcast. Thanks, buddy. Uh, but he also said, you know, you guys are really funny. Um, and I talked to him about, do you even know? And I said, what do you think about that? He said, I love it. He said, because it's funny. It breaks up everything. So sorry, Katie, our fans do love it. And uh, I, I told the story of, uh, you know, how Katie could just name the colors of the Olympic rings in, no, in, no, in order, can... in order <laughs> yeah. while, we were, while we were having beers watching the national championship game. At a sports bar on Monday night. Oh, well, that's where those conversations belong. We've covered it once in the exactly. podcast. We don't need to go back there for Katie's sake. But where we do need to go is to the world of the NFL, where the coaching carousel is on fire, folks. I we think it's already burned down, food. man. Yeah, I don't think there's anything left at this point. I mean, think about the historic departures that we've seen in the last 48 hours. You know, okay, so every Monday, every year, 
right after week 18, I, I breathe a big sigh of relief because I know that the 16 game schedule is gone. I don't have so many games to watch, but I always forget that Monday morning is hellacious because coaches get fired. And then Monday came and it was kind of quiet. It was relatively quiet. For some reason this year, the NFL decided we're going to wait and make our biggest firings and parting of ways and retirements, whatever else you want to call it. A couple days later, we're going to have some extended meetings and really think long and hard about these decisions, unless your name was Arthur Smith. And uh, we got some shockers after Monday that we're definitely going to cover. Uh, guys, what was your um, initial reaction to all the moves that we've seen, all the changes? You know, obviously, we're going to get into Bill Belichick and everything else, but I mean, your general takeaway. I feel like all the ones that happened almost immediately or before the season ended, that all made sense, right? Right? Like Arthur Smith, yeah, of course. I mean, they they waited until they at least waited until midnight Monday morning before firing him. So technically they fired him on a Monday. But Ron Rivera, yeah, uh, Frank Reich, yeah, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, all of those made sense. And then you heard the rumblings about the Bill Belichicks. But the one that caught me off guard was Pete Carroll. Like that came, I feel like, out of nowhere. Like you heard the rumblings about Bill Belichick. You heard maybe they wanted to just, you know, do a clean split. Time for a fresh start or bring someone else new in. But Pete Carroll kind of came out of left field, uh, even though I guess they worded it as what? He's being promoted to a, a front office position. Uh, yes, a fancy, a fancy old... phrase for don't let the door hit you. He's taken the John approach, that being John Elway, who promoted himself out of getting fired in Denver, and John Beeline, who promoted himself out of. Well, he was fired, and they just said, we owe you too much money, so we're going to put you to work somewhere else with the Cavs. That's obviously not football, but that's the John route when you uh, are on the hot seat. Uh, we have some chatters participating already. First, Lemon Bendy, shout out to you. He says, good to have you back, gang. We're happy that you're here with us. Thank you for being back and watching another episode. We are very glad that you're all here. And in Logan, our buddy Logan says, I'm back, and as a Patriots fan, I am mourning Belichick. Oh. Uh, Logan, I'm sorry, but it's you and the few states that make up New England. That's about it. (laughs) We also have another one from Lemon Bendy. He said, as a Panthers and Bills fan, Belichick has broken my heart too many times. Ding dong. The witch is dot, dot, dot out of the division. Okay. Uh, This is an interesting take that I think we just jump right into because Bill Belichick has parted ways with the Patriots after a few days of meetings with Robert Kraft. They came to the conclusion that they could not proceed with everything as it was, and any changes just wouldn't be fair to Bill Belichick and everything that he's achieved there. You know, taking away personnel control, stuff like that, just wouldn't make sense. And I totally get that. But uh, I did see some folks toss out there that for many years they hoped that they they prayed for the Patriots' downfall, and they never got it. They 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 didn't get it until now, and now that it's arrived and that Bill Belichick is gone. It's almost somber. They're almost like, this isn't as good as I thought it would be, which I think speaks to the impact that he made on football as a whole in his 24 years with the Patriots and even his time with the Browns, um, which had a lot of potential and just never really got to get off the ground because of the Browns move. Were you shocked? Because I woke up this morning for my 7 a.m. shift and I was like, wow, they actually did it. I wasn't shocked. But I think I was still just so stunned because I just don't know the NFL or the Patriots without Bill Belichick. Like, I felt the same when Tom Brady was gone, that you knew it wasn't going to be forever. And I, with Bill Belichick, we had talked about it in our coaching hot seat episode, which I feel like we can throw out that whole episode. We were so off. <laughs> like, we didn't talk about Pete Carroll or Mike Vrabel, I don't think. Like, it's... Nope. It's just... 
really strange. And I, I have no attachment to the Patriots whatsoever, but it does just feel like it's such a wild, sad end of an, a sports era. It almost. I, I, it, go ahead, Sean. I was going to say, I almost feel like when I got the news this morning, because it happened, what, at like 8 a.m. this morning or just Even about like seven. It, it was pretty early. So I woke up to the alert on my phone because I woke up at about 8.30. And I think I was still just kind of processing the fact that Mike Frabel was gone, like you said, Katie. Uh, Pete Carroll was gone. And then at the same time, Nick Saban yeah. had retired at Alabama. So this coaching carousel has extended all the way to college. And when I saw the Belichick news, I'm just like, like how much more can we, someone bubble wrap, someone find Andy <laughs> Reid, bubble wrap him, protect him at all costs. And while you're at it, yeah, I'd screw it. Throw in Mike Tomlin too. Oh, a reversal oh, of opinion. Katie, flame him. Flame him. I'm, I may, I may have wondering eyes, but I always come home. Oh. Ew. <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound good. I hate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sound, that didn't sound good. I may window shop, but I always come home. Nah, that sounds. It didn't get better. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's it didn't. Nah, you know what? Hold on, put myself on my Thank you. Um, anyways, we have a pretty active group chat between the three of us, which is great. We talk to each other about everything, but. Yeah, there was a stretch this season, Sean, where I believe you were saying that it might be time for a new coach and that you'd be okay with that. And I yelled in a bunch of capital letters, and I have no allegiance to the Steelers. But I do love Mike Tomlin, and I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And it's super strange that just like this, you're back on the Tomlin train. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Uh. It's interesting how that works out. Sean, would you like to defend yourself? Am I out of timeout now? Yeah. You okay. put yourself it was, on the it was, it was self-imposed. Self-imposed timeout. Do you do you feel sorry about what you've done? Yes, I, I feel okay. remorse. Good. You should now to defend myself, my honor. Uh, it, it is one of those things where I have seen the ups and the downs, the ebbs and the flows of a Mike Tomlin coach team for seventeen years now, and everything was going so well. But going all the way back to 2016, 2017, you started to notice these little cracks where it's. They play down to their competition routinely all the time, and it gets them into these situations that they shouldn't be in. You can point to this season and go, they should have been 11 and four after playing the Cardinals, Patriots, and Colts. Instead, they were seven and seven. You can also point to this season and say, why did they start? Why did they keep Matt Canada? That was a Mike Tomlin decision. Why did they hire him in the first place? Why did he stick by him so much when it was clear? To everybody with eyeballs, including both of you on this podcast, that Matt Canada was all, – all six of them, including my own. Yeah. That Matt Canada was not going to work out in Pittsburgh or probably anywhere in the NFL for that matter. And then – and I don't want to kick Mike Tomlin for this, but why didn't you go to Mason Rudolph sooner? Because he might be the best quarterback. Oh, he might be the best go. quarterback on the roster. Uh, That's not for me to say, but you can nitpick all of these things and go – yeah, Mike Tomlin is a flawed coach. He's still a damn good coach, but so is Bill Belichick. And they're still making a change in New, in, uh, New England. I almost said New Orleans. Which where they almost made a change. He, he, might, he might end up there. <laughs> uh, but it, I, I still would be okay if, if there was a, a change in head coach in Pittsburgh. I don't want there to be because you can see what his impact on this team was when they were 7-7, seven and seven, staring down, sitting home from the playoffs. You can see his impact. You could see his defensive mind at work against the Seahawks, against the Bengals, against the Ravens. Scared money don't make money. 
That's no. what he said when they were seven and seven and going to play the Bengals. Um, and the team responded to it. So he's a great head coach, but after 17 years, you're looking going, okay, but really, what have you done for me lately? He says the standard is the standard, right? Steelers fans don't want that standard to be nine and eight, 10 and seven every year. But 10 and seven got you in the playoffs. And Sean, but 10 and seven I, got them into the playoffs. Might I inform every podcast listener and viewer out there that uh, Sunday, after the Steelers had won in a rain-soaked M&T Bank Stadium over a bunch of Ravens backups, Sean was intently watching the television, watching the Jaguars collapse, finish off the collapse, so much that when they didn't score and when it was clear they were going to lose, somebody was taking video of him in his too small Steelers t-shirt. It was not too small. It was too small. And his shirt it was up not and his, the lower part of his back. You know, Sean, I went to would private you, school. Girls would, would you get like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. For showing midriff. Sean, I saw a lot tired. of midriff that day. I saw so much of your midsection that day. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That shirt goes all the way down to my fly, okay? And it's still loose on me. It still hangs on me. So I don't know what you're talking about. It's too small. It's not a medium. It hangs on me, okay? It's a medium-sized shirt. It's the size. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. He brought his arms down. It doesn't hang on you. Post the video, show. Nick, Nick, you... Prove it. All of of your shirts are a baby or a youth size small, so I don't want to hear it, man. This is an XL that I made into a cutoff. Very, exactly. Very, I don't want to hear it. I don't like, want to hear like it. Undress on me. I don't hear it. And you know what? My grandmother gave me that shirt, so I'm going to continue to wear it because it still looks yeah. good on me. Yeah, and, and so I told Sean, all right, your shirt's too small. And he goes, my grandma gave me that shirt. And I was like, I feel like a jackass now. Uh, yeah. 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 How do you feel now? Oh. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Do you even know? God, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. There's too much uh, to get to. We can't funny... play it today. Too much in the rundown. Uh, By the way, the the, the funny part about that video um, was when there was that goal line stand that the Titans had against the Jags, there was a Jags fan in front of me and I was trying to like cheer quietly because I didn't want to be a dick towards him. And the bartender goes up to this Jags fan and goes, hey man, they score here, I'll get you a shot. And they don't score. Trevor Lawrence is stuffed at the one yard line and I walk up and said, I'll take that shot. And he comes over. And he comes over and he gives me a shot of Jaeger. Okay. And so I it sat there on the table for the rest of the game. And the bartender was like, hey dude, what's up? I was like, I'm not celebrating yet. I was like, I'll take it when the game is over. And so I did. That's you're the worst. You are (laughs) just the worst. Why am I being ganged up on this they podcast? Don't, they don't score, and you're like, oh, I'm going to slide in and be like, I'll take that shot. Oh, Steeler fan. And then he lets We were sit. having fun. It was a fun. They, it was actually a very nice Jags fan. He was. We weren't talking smack to each other, but we were talking to each other. He turned his jersey inside out, and I was like, what are you doing? He goes, I said, why'd you turn your jersey inside out? He goes, what jersey? I'm like, okay. I said, I yeah. wish we could have both made it, man. I'm sorry. John, you were poking the bear. You were playing instigator, and somebody should have dropped the hammer on you. You got away scot-free. He Good was sitting next to a Steelers fan anyway. His buddy was a Steelers fan, so that's was not his my problem. Buddy, a Steelers fan trying to steal a shot that he didn't get because his team didn't score? No. I was just trying to be funny. Yeah. Just two Florida more. men doing Florida men things. I am Florida yeah, men. Yeah, you fit into that state real well. We have uh, more contributions from the chat. Uh, Logan again says, last time Belichick wasn't the Pats coach, I was literally two. Definitely going to be weird. Which, A, Logan, thank you for making us all feel old. And, B, 
again, sorry for your loss. We also have our buddy Chris chiming in. Can John John Schneider just hire Belichick or Vrabel or whatever and leave Dan Quinn in Dallas? Thanks. I don't know, Chris, and we're going to get to the whole Pete Carroll thing in a second because Dan Quinn has a history in Seattle. That's where he was before he got the job with Atlanta and led them to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that simple, and <clears throat> I know what you're already worried about, and I get it, but he did get a team to the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan as his play caller. So if you got the right play caller, as the Buccaneers have demonstrated for most of this year, you can be solid when maybe you shouldn't be. All right, let's move on to Pete Carroll. Um, Katie, this one hits home for you, huh? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? I understand some of the reasons why it makes sense from a football perspective, but it's really hard for me not to speak from emotion here. <laughs> I was shocked. I did not see this one coming. And like when we did our, like I said, when we did our coaching hot seat rankings, we didn't bring him up. He's a coach that he always made me feel as a Seahawks fan that things were going to be okay. It just feels like the culture that he created was really, really special. And he's, such a positive person and just his energy. Like it's so strange that it feels like a Belichick to me where he's so synonymous with the Seahawks. And when I became a Seahawks fan, he was the coach. It's like I said, I don't know how to speak about it without emotion. I, I honestly thought, so there was rumblings that he would, that they would, he would maybe walk away or that they would move on from him. And then his press conference, his post game presser after they beat the Cardinals on Sunday, he said, yeah, I expect to be back. And and we basically at NFL.com were like, all right, well, that's pretty much solved because it would be up to him to leave. Like, mm -hmm. they're not just going to fire him. And then they fired him. <laughs> I was like, whoa. It seemed like it was not his choice in the presser. And I didn't watch the whole thing. I couldn't do that to myself. I had to walk away. I will go back to it. But it was too soon. But that felt heavy. Yeah. Can we also admit that um, after a coach has been fired, giving them a press conference is weird? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I, even, yes. even though it's Pete Carroll and he was so special to the Seahawks organization, brought them their first Super Bowl, even though Bill Belichick won six Super Bowls. I mean, for Bill Belichick, I kind of get it, but like, it's awkward because even if it's an amicable split, it's you still just fired the guy essentially and you're making him get up there. Yeah, and that wasn't it's weird. Um, that was it felt like they were like, we need a change. We didn't make the playoffs when we should have. It's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, Logan chimed in again. He said, Pete's presser was heartbreaking. Seems like he still wants to coach somewhere. Mm -hmm. he, that's we agree. Um, I think we all are in agreement on that. He certainly sounded like I have no intention of retiring. I, I'm not pulling a Bruce Arians and moving to my forever home with my wife and then coming back to coach like I'm I'm here and like I want to stay here and I like what we have and I want to run it back again it didn't work out for us so it felt almost short-sighted and we'll find out eventually whether they pay for it or not but that one um felt uh, kind of wrong uh but more importantly to me I think was the lack of respect that the internet showed for Pete Carroll like yes they they were like Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll. They're like, Pete Carroll doesn't belong in that same sentence. It's like, dude, what? Have you ever watched football in your life? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I get it. He wasn't good with the Patriots. I get it that his college career was up and down. But, like, he ends up winning multiple national championships at USC. He goes and wins the Super Bowl with the Seahawks. He gets, gets him to two. They're a perennial contender. How do you not respect that? Like, how do you not appreciate those achievements? I feel like y'all are giving him a bad rap. For no reason other than that, he didn't run the ball on the one yard line. Get over that. That was that's ancient history at this point. It's Let's still move too to, soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's move to uh, Nashville, Katie's former home, where another shocker came out of Tennessee. Mike Vrabel fired by the Titans. 
didn't sound like he wanted to leave. And now he's out and he's going to be one of the first guys hired, I think. Um, This came after the Titans fired their general manager in the middle of the season last year, uh, replaced John Schneider with, or not John Schneider, sorry, John Robinson with uh, Ron Carthon. And I don't know if this was a lack of synchronicity between coach and GM or an owner who just isn't pleased with the results. I mean, how can you blame Mike Rabel for the team that, you know, the, the performance they had when they didn't have a solid quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. They went to Will Levis because Tannehill got hurt. Levis appeared to be the better option, but like we knew on paper, this team wasn't going to be good. How are you going to blame him for that? He's not in charge of personnel and you changed the personnel guy in the middle of the season last year. That This is the most short-sighted of all, in my opinion. I think you fired a coach after giving him Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and Will Levis to win football games. Oh, but thank God they have A.J. Brown. Never mind. But go win us football games, coach. We're going to gut your defense. We're going to take your best weapons away. But go win us football games. What was he supposed to do? I mean, granted, you saw how they performed this week against a a banged-up Jags team. But at the same time, like, that's one game. Were you really expecting that team, the way it's constructed, with all its injuries, to make the playoffs? No. Because clearly, that division that we all thought was going to be hot garbage was not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and even the Titans, I mean, they went down to Miami and got a comeback win over the Dolphins in primetime. And, I mean, that team showed the exact grit that their coach carries with him. I, right. This is The Titans are never an easy out with Mike Vrabel as their coach. And you take that away... And now you have a talent or a roster that's devoid of talent or at least lacking talent in very specific areas. It's not going to get better. Like you're not going to go hire somebody who's just suddenly going to turn. You're not going to get a Shane Steichen level performance from a replacement. Not without a quarterback. They had a quarterback. He got hurt. They had a backup quarterback in Indianapolis who did a good enough job to keep him competitive. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were in it until the final week. You're not going to get that out of Tennessee with a new coach. I'm sorry, you're not. Like it's not going to be any better than Mike Vrabel is. So uh, I think he's going to very quickly get a job somewhere else, a la Frank Reich, except the results are not going to be as bad as Frank Reich's was in, uh, in Carolina. Uh, let's round this out with a few more coaching headlines. Uh, we kind of touched on this earlier, but Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, both out. Not a surprise. Maybe a little bit of a surprise because the Falcons did finish 7-10, but they got blown out in their last game. They got embarrassed by the Saints and Jameis Winston, which we're not even going to dive into that. Um, and look, like... This is a coach who hitched his wagon to Desmond Ritter and paid the price. It's, it's really as simple as that, I think. Um, a, a team that spent three first-round picks on offensive weapons, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, all of them produced at varying levels, but not nearly at the level to be successful enough to make the playoffs and save their coach's job. Not to mention Arthur Smith's a bit of an abrasive individual, and um, I don't think that helped his case. The question now, though, is like, where do the Falcons go from here? Do they go get a, like a Vrabel or... Do they, what tree do they go to to get somebody right now? Do they go with an offensive mind? They just had an offensive mind that didn't work out. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't even know. It's, it's not a bad roster. It's a roster that can compete. I just hope whoever they get for fantasy owners' sakes yeah. know how to use Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson properly. Yeah, I don't have a lot of thoughts about these guys being fired. I'm not shocked by it, but it's I don't really know where any of these coaches are going to go because the last 48 hours have been so wild. I'm excited for when somebody gets hired and then the chips kind of start to fall into place because I just all of these teams with these vacancies, I don't really know which direction they're hoping to go and then which coaches want to be there. I don't really know what these two. Yeah, um I'm curious to see if Rivera gets another job. 
second guy, you know, he's he's a double retread at this point. Um, and Arthur Smith feels like a one and done. Feels like he's a coordinator for the rest of his career, based on what happens in happened in uh, Atlanta. So I don't know. Um, Rivera, the writing was on the wall for a while. Another guy who hitched his wagon to a second year quarterback didn't pan out in the end. Um, sucks, but like as soon as the ownership change happened, you kind of knew that was a possibility, and then they didn't win games, so it just became a foregone conclusion. Uh, interesting story in the coaching carousel. We have a coordinator in New York who is so upset with his head coach that he cursed him out and stormed out of the building on Tuesday because the coach fired his right-hand man and two assistants in total and wanted them to fire him, and they refused to fire him because they wanted him back despite the rift with the head coach. So the next day, Wednesday, Don Wink Martindale resigns. He finally resigns. He says, I'm out. And part of the compromise was that they removed the ability to restrict where he could go next. And I'll tell you what, guys, we obviously have a game to determine here in Tampa this weekend with the Eagles, but the Eagles also have a problem with defensive coordinator. And I know one guy who would love to stay in the NFC East and go right over the Eagles and take advantage of a team that's got much more talent in Philadelphia. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they're just, able to control where he goes, though. They're not. They, they got rid of oh, that uh, restriction. That was part of the compromise of him resigning. He forfeited his salary, but they're not allowed to control where he goes. I loved how dramatic this has all seemed. Like, there's so much more that I want to know about this story. Like, I was reading that Wink and Drew Wilkins were kind of creating their own pact within the coaching staff. Ooh, and division, baby. And then just, like, going above, I don't know if it's above, but, like, around Dayball and believing that they only had to answer to each other and ownership. Like, there's, <laughs> it's so funny that they just created this little island of themselves and they're like, we have all the power, like... It, it just seems like there's so much drama that I really hope comes out about this because everything I read, it only just gets better. This is some tea. It's like it goes to Buddy real Ryan's Game of Thrones bad. stuff right now. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of tea. Yeah. Oh, and there's Sean taking a swig of his tea for those of you listening in audio format. Um, okay. Uh, I can summarize this real quick. Uh, Wink Martindale's an aggressive coordinator. <clears throat> the Giants tied for the league lead in takeaways, and they also were one of the worst teams in terms of total yardage allowed. So you live by you know the sword, you die by it. Uh, they 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 were aggressive and they paid for it a lot, but they also you know made some plays, and, and that's just kind of the summary in a nutshell. Look, the Giants didn't suck this year because of their defense. They sucked because their offense was so bad that the defense was the only thing keeping them afloat for a while. They were fun to watch when Tommy DeVito was in there for his little run. But ultimately, we knew as soon as Daniel Jones struggled out of the gate, then got hurt and came back and got hurt again, that this was going to be a lost season for them, which just made me feel vindicated because I knew that they weren't going to be as good as they were the year before because their talent didn't match up with the record that they produced the year prior. But to see it crash and burn so much that they lose their defensive coordinator was a little bit surprising, and I'm curious to see where they go from here, but I'm not really sure where they do go from here. Uh, Logan chiming in again, talking about the Falcons and Bill Belichick. He said, Belichick to the Falcons, get a veteran quarterback, maybe, maybe get a Justin Fields. I don't know. Speaking of Chicago, they didn't even fire Matt Eberflus, who all of us, when we did that coaching carousel, the hot seat segment on this podcast a couple weeks ago, were like, Eberflus, gone. I was shocked at that. Here he remains. We, uh, we, well, what we saw was a classic case of Eric Mangini. Running back, Chicago. Running back. In, in which a coach wins most of their final games, and they look like they're starting to turn the corner, and the franchise goes, oh, maybe next year's the year. But oftentimes that doesn't work out. Uh, we'll see if it does in Chicago. I think if they get an offensive coordinator, they could be in a better spot because Justin Fields needs some help if they keep him. I am in the camp that they should keep him and trade away that pick, get some capital, 
Don't spend it on Caleb Williams. We're going to just start back at square one, but we'll see what they do. Um, and then we had another chime in here from Chris who said, Matt Patricia to Wink Martindale seems like a no-brainer type upgrade, speaking about the Eagles. Yes, I agree, Chris. Um, look, the, the Eagles have defensive problems so much that they've changed coordinators in the middle of the season, and they're going to change it again in the offseason. And um, there's a guy right there in your lap who was just in the division. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, last thing on the coaching carousel, Nick Saban on the collegiate ranks says goodbye to Tuscaloosa and Alabama ends a storied, illustrious, fantastic career as head coach of the Crimson Tide. A true giant in the collegiate game moves on to, I don't know, whatever he wants to do in retirement, spend more money on car dealerships. I don't know. He has a car dealership empire. I cannot wait to see the fallout as an Ohio State fan. I cannot wait to see the fallout from Alabama and watch all these kids transfer out. And, and I mean, it sucks to see kids have to transfer and kids who committed now have to decommit. I kind of went through that myself where my offensive line coach left the school I committed to and signed to like a month before camp started. And I was like, what the hell? Um, so I get it, but it does make for good TV. I just hope he comes to Kent State. Come home, Coach Saban. Just <laughs> coach the Golden Flashes for a little while. Win us a conference title or two. That's all, that's all we want. Come home. That would that would make my year in January. The rest of the year, I'm just on house money. I notably don't know a lot about college ball. I'm trying to get into it, but I didn't grow up watching it. It's just not as big of a thing in Canada. Um, but even I know Nick Saban. <laughs> I was shocked by that. And another thing I'm shocked by is this growing memorial that I keep seeing on Twitter. And he didn't, yes. guys. He didn't die. Like what? <laughs> They, the they have his statue, oatmeal have cream statue pie. outside yeah. Brian Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> and there's boxes of oatmeal cream pies, and there's flowers, and there's oh, candles, cola. and there's a bag of ice. And it's like, yeah. guys, he's still alive. He's still with us. <laughs> he just, he just retired. He's 72. Let the man retire and have some fun. Jeez, As an outsider, man. I find that very funny. Yeah, there was also that, that, a lot of weird stuff with Jim Harbaugh when it's like you guys know that he didn't die, right? That in fact he, just he won your national <laughs> championship. Yeah, I, well, because they're all desperate to keep him now. The national champions, which Wait, yeah, I was about to say, Nick, how you doing? Ugh, ugh, uh, sorry, um, <clears throat> we're gonna move on. Uh, all right, uh, that does it for the coaching carousel. So we're gonna jump into Super Wild Card Weekend because nothing is more super than super wild card weekend it used to be wild card weekend now it's super wild card weekend because two more teams are involved and that means a more interesting playoff slate we have predictions we have previews we'll start with the previews guys let's run down these games real quick and we'll start with the uh, game that kicks it all off this weekend in houston 4 30 p.m Eastern time at Energy Stadium. The Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns lining up for a rematch. And this time, the contributors will have different faces. What do we think about this game? I've this gone might be the back game of the weekend, too. Oh, really? I think so. These are two really good teams and two teams that kind of glad I don't have to see the Steelers play against. Yeah. That's great contribution, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone back and forth on this one. I think it's one of the better ones. I'm excited for Rams and Lions. But then when I started going through all the games, most of them I'm actually quite excited about, except the Bills and Steelers. Sorry, Sean. Oh, okay. um, but the big Amari Cooper game where he went for 265 yards and two touchdowns, that was against the Texans. 
obviously it's a little bit different. CJ Stroud is in this game, but Joe Flacco had such a great game. I think he was like 370 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, but I am so crazy about the resurgence of Joe Flacco. But David Njoku too, they have a really wicked connection going on. I just mm-hmm. feel I feel so excited about both of these teams that I'm sad that one of them won't be moving forward in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Yeah, DJ Stroud is just a joy to watch. I I've said it before on this podcast in the division previews. I didn't think the Texans had this in them, and I'm so excited they do. I love CJ Stroud. I loved Miko Ryan's. I just wish that both of these teams weren't playing each other, but yeah, Sean, that is going to be one of the really, really good ones. I think that was well summarized, Katie. I, do you I, have a prediction? I'm, or? Oh, oh, I have the Browns winning 28-27. Okay, Katie, we're kind of on the same page. I have Browns 27-23. Okay. The defense keeps him a little bit under wraps. Sean? I've got the Browns winning this one 30-21. Ooh. Yeah. The Browns. Okay, Sean. Look at you crossing sides. All right, let's move on to the next game. On the Saturday slate, that is the Dolphins, the six-seeded Dolphins who blew their chance to win the AFC East by losing to the Bills in Week 18. They go down, well, up northwest to Kansas City, where the weather is supposed to be bad. Surprise, surprise. It is January. The high-powered... Fast Dolphins got to go play in the elements against Patrick Mahomes and the reigning AFC champions. How do we see this one playing out? Uh, I'm not high on the Chiefs. In fact, I'm not very high on many AFC teams. I'm really not. But at the same time, history has shown that when a Miami team travels into the elements, and especially the extreme elements like what we're going to have in the Midwest this week, it doesn't end up well for them. Um, And also, you saw a Dolphins team... Nick, what you? How do you describe them? Explosive offense. Yeah, except when where, they play where, good team. Yeah, where <laughs> was that? Where was that this week against Buffalo? Uh, uh, it's when they play good teams. They're like exactly. They're and then when you see the, I don't know. I'm not sold on Tui yet too because we've seen another just kind of lackluster performance down the stretch here. I'm going to take the Chiefs, even though like again, I'm not very high on the Chiefs. They could be out the next round. They could be on the divisional round. Um, but I don't think the Dolphins, I don't think Tua and the Dolphins in the snow, in the wind, in the extreme cold of Arrowhead are going to get it done. I'll take the Chiefs, I don't know, because they have their own offensive problems. I'll take them 23-20 Chiefs. Okay. Um, We do need to point out that the Chiefs have a fantastic defense that has been carrying them for much of the year, and when the Dolphins run into bad defenses, they struggle like they did against Buffalo and against Baltimore and so on and so forth. Uh, not so much against the Cowboys. They won that game. It was a close one. They finished 22 points, but they still find a way to win that game. So that's going to be interesting. Katie, what's your prediction? Oh, I've gone back and forth on this one too. Andrew Van Ginkle and Jerome Baker are two huge losses. They're just so banged up, especially on defense. If Mahomes has a bunch of time, his receivers aren't great, but he can typically make it work. But the Chiefs have scored 20 or more points in just three of their last eight games. Their offense just doesn't look the same. And playoff games are weird, man. Like, I know that Miami's banged up, but I could see maybe a bounce back game on offense. They would need a big Tyreek Hill game and I think a big Mike McDaniel game. But I have the Dolphins winning this one. I'm going to say 27-21. Just because a lot of people are taking the Chiefs. And... At the beginning of the season, I felt like we all would have been so much more excited about this matchup. 
and it just doesn't feel as exciting. Both teams are really banged up, and I'm just like, I'm not as inspired by the Chiefs' offense as we usually would be. But yeah, I think I'm going to go Dolphins. But it, yeah, a bunch of weird things would have to happen. Both these teams well, are just we- kind of. Yeah, yeah. We were excited about this matchup when they faced off in the regular season, except they played it overseas instead of Kansas City. Oh, right. Now, Tyreek Hill goes back to Arrowhead, where he made so much of his fame uh, with Patrick Mahomes and is going to attempt to beat his former team in the elements again and with an offense that struggles against a good defense. Um, So that's a storyline, of course. And you're right about the it, like the the Chiefs defense is going to keep it close, right? But can their offense actually do anything well? Because they haven't for a while. Um, I have the Dolphins winning twenty three to seventeen. I don't feel great about that pick. If I had confidence points, the last place in confidence points would go to this game. Uh, but twenty three to seventeen is my prediction. We have uh, Logan saying, "Can't wait to see how cold this game is." Are we looking at like polar vortex? I haven't checked the weather. Uh, that it's going to be like the wind gusts are going to like dive into like the negative 20s Fahrenheit. That is, I think. I don't know how cold that is. <laughs> it's negative 20% cold, Katie. We've been over this. <laughs> Fahrenheit's easy, folks. If it's 100 degrees out, it's 100% hot. If it's zero <laughs> degrees out, it's not hot at all. Thanks, Sean. You're I welcome. still will never accept that argument, stuff is. but it brings me so much joy every time I hear it. It's so irrational, just, but man, do I love it. I just simplifies hate it at least. <laughs> Katie sends us a screenshot of her weather forecast where she lives in Canada, and she goes, uh, and, and, "You know, my life's going to be really great this week." And I'm like, "Is that in Celsius? Because if it is, I don't know what that means." <laughs> and I'm I'm looking up some of those temperatures. I'm looking up like the highs, Katie. I'm like, "Oh, that's not bad. That's like." 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Like, that's like, that's cold. Like, that's clearly cold. Absolutely. But like, I've been in worse. Like, you're in Canada. What do you expect? How do you survive when it gets down to those lows? Yeah. Like, 37 Celsius. So, which is it? Is it not that bad? Or how do I survive? I can't figure this out. I'm well, asking you, like, your, your high is in the negatives. And to us, that's like 10 to 15 degrees, which is still really freaking cold. But at the same time, it's like, ah, whatever. It's not in the negative Fahrenheit yet. Yeah. So, for Canadian listeners, it's going to be like low of minus 35 ish, which usually is minus 40 with wind chill, and then high of like minus 20 ish, like 27, which is cold af you guys and to answer your question how do i survive i barely do i stay inside and i bitch about it a lot and i eat a lot of snacks and i sit by the fireplace and i wait for it to be over that's it and everybody's like oh why do you live in canada then like first of all i was born here i'm canadian (laughs) but i am 45 minutes away from the u.s border i'm very close i'm as south as you can get and it still gets all right we got we got some chimes here on Celsius versus Fahrenheit. Chris says, my college roommate would go jogging in shorts in negative 45 degrees up in Fairbanks. Fairbanks is in Alaska, which means they're on Fahrenheit, which is insane. Insane. But also, <laughs> what does that convert to in Celsius? I need to know. I don't oh, that's know, like, but it well, sounds like negative, awful. Like, that's got to be like negative 60 Celsius or something like that. Like, that's I, I don't know. Cold. Yeah. That's insanely cold, yeah. He's a Packers fan, though, so he's crazy, Chris says. All right. Yeah, fair point. And then Logan says, it looks like it's around zero at kickoff Fahrenheit. Uh, but way colder with wind chill. No idea what Celsius is. Sorry, Katie. That's a nine times right five there. eighths to the third power. I don't know. That's Stop. exactly Stop. right, Sean. Bang on. I, I can't was told there would be that. no math. I was told there would be no math. It gets closer to Celsius when you get colder. The conversion doesn't matter as much. All right. There's a tip. That's a good tip to know. So it's 
closer to my frame of reference. All right, we got. Do you that guys want a quick dad joke while we're talking about you know no, the Canadian weather right. system? I mean, you've already put yourself in timeout once, so you might as well set yourself up again. That's okay. Yes, and if you um, don't want it, it's fine. Absolutely, it's fine. we do. You can't okay. tease a dad joke and not deliver. Why does America refuse to use the metric system? Because we are already an imperial country. No, because America has a foot fetish. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Yeah, I hated yeah. that. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, come on. Somewhere Rex Ryan loved it. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right. Next I, heard, on the list. I heard that the other day and I loved it. Next on the list, Sean, your team, Steelers at Bills, seven versus two. What do we got? Yeah, lead this one off, Sean. 26 20 Steelers. Nah, what a homer. Katie. No. Why? How? Explain. I don't know. That's the great thing. I don't know. I have no idea, but it's going to happen. Are they going to run gonna ball? Be. Like, what? We're just going to. There's no TJ Watt. I don't know. Like, no, I don't know, man. It's 26 20. Picking off that's Josh Allen. Like, we're just, we're just vibes only. Oh, vibes only, vibes. man. Dude, come on. We have right no now. TJ Watt. Half our defense is banged up. Actually, we are getting healthier on defense. Uh, we're, uh, the Steelers are getting a lot of their weapons back. TJ Watt is going to be out this week, of course. Mason Rudolph. I, I don't know, man. Vibes only. 26-20 Steelers. One I, don't know, I don't know what else you want. Like, what, How do you want me to explain this? I, the Steelers are going to beat the Bills. Like, How am I supposed to explain that? I don't know. I don't freaking know. <laughs> you know who else you have, Sean? Mike Tomlin. Oh. Your favorite. Yeah, the guy you took for <laughs> granted. Aren't you lucky he's still around? Didn't listen to you? Uh, I have Bills 27, Steelers 21. 21. Uh, yeah, because I think that Mason Rudolph has clearly been the best option for them offensively. They're starting to put points on the board. They're running the ball really well. Their offense looks good, finally. It only took them 18 weeks, but uh, it's not going to be good enough to beat Buffalo. Oh, and by the way, shout out to the uh, Jonathan Jones for debunking the rumor that that game was going to be moved to Cleveland because of weather. Yeah, that was all started, you know, that was all started by a Pittsburgh meteorologist. Not 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 a sports columnist, not any kind of radio personality. He was started by a Pittsburgh meteorologist who was on a radio show talking about the weather in Buffalo for that day. And he said that his sources were telling him that the game might be moved to Cleveland. That his weather sources were telling him that the game might be moved and, to Cleveland. And, and Cleveland has been told to be on Stanley. I'm like, first of all, how does the weather guy know? No, no offense, but like, how does he know? <laughs> What what lesson was learned and reinforced there? Exactly. I, I never, never believed it would be moved. It's Buffalo. Man. Like they play in the snow all the time. I never thought it would be moved. But it would be fun. I, I would come up to Cleveland for that game. It would be better never. for the Steelers, I think, if the game was in Cleveland because easier access for Steelers fans, since so many of them live in Northeast Ohio anyway. Ugh, gross. Never trust the weatherman. That's the lesson to be learned. All right, next game. Uh, uh, Cowboys. I think the Bills are gonna win, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we skip? Yeah, Nick. Jeez, man. I guess I'll go in timeout. I was also literally about to say we need to bring a meteorologist on the pod, and it sounds like that's the meteorologist we need to bring on the pod. Settle the Celsius Fahrenheit thing once and for all. Oh, I like this idea. Yeah. Um, well, I can get a meteorologist right now. <laughs> Sick yeah. flex. I love that. I work in Wrong. TV news. What do you What do you want? Wrong. Very plugged into meteorologist culture. Yeah. Um, I'll make this All very right. quick. The Bills are very hot right now. I have them winning twenty eight thirteen. 
That's it. Oh. Yep. Here's the thing, though. They're not. They're not hot. They're winning games so close and in such ugly ways. It's like, hot, Sean. They're not. D- <laughs> okay. Katie, so say, it, right say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. That's hot. Yeah, she did it. <laughs> we now owe Paris Hilton like $20, but either way. All right. Uh, luckily, we don't have enough viewers to be worth paying anybody for use of trademark <laughs> now so, we can move on i think the bills are going to win that game i just needed to sneak that in sorry katie i didn't mean to gloss over you there I forgive you you're never you're never one to gloss over um the packers and cowboys another 7-2 matchup with some intrigue what do we got katie <laughs> am i allowed to speak this segment okay the cow- yes. <laughs> have the floor i think the cowboys playing at home is huge they won 16 straight home games their defense has looked Maybe a little shakier the last few weeks, but I'm and the Packers just look really fun right now. But I think Dak and CeeDee Lamb have the ability to kind of make a bunch of big chunk plays at the beginning of the game, get out ahead. I think they're a little more I don't want to sound like a dick when I say this, but they might be a little bit more one dimensional than the Packers simply because they haven't been running the ball as much. I don't need to tell Tony Pollard fantasy owners that, but the Packers. I love love, you guys. I love love. <laughs> and everybody love everybody. everybody lo- really? Jordan Love is just playing such good football. I think the Packers could win this one. I think they can run the ball well, kind of slow down the pace of the game. Um, Logan says game of the weekend right here. I agree. I think this one could be a really, really good game, which I never would have said this six, seven, eight weeks ago. I think the Cowboys will win. But I think it's going to be a really good game, and I think the Packers could put up a really good fight if not win the game. I concur. And uh, what, what was your score prediction? Oh, I didn't have one. Uh, 28 to 21. I feel like all my scores okay. are similar. Uh, my, I, as pr- a guy who does predictions every week, I end up with a lot of the similar scores. Uh, I have 30-20 uh cowboys over the packers 30 to 20 it's gonna be fun it's gonna be interesting cowboys are gonna pull away at the end because they're at home and they have that huge advantage sean big game for Mike mccarthy by the way huge big time huge. big game for des bryant you know exercise some demons because he did catch it against the packers way back in 2014 des caught it so did jesse james i've got the uh cowboys winning this one 31 24 uh i think it'll be a good game i just don't think the packers are there quite yet um, and that, of course, sets us up for a second round matchup where the Cowboys will undeniably just fall flat again. Oh, like they always do. Takes a but shot. they'll win this one. They'll win on Super Wild Card. Weekend. On the way out, he takes a shot, folks. All right, next game. All the predictions are in. Yes, yes. Final answer. Yes. Okay. Thank you for checking. Uh, yeah, just had to. Uh, we get another ch- uh, game chock full of storylines, and that is the Lions and the Rams. Matthew Stafford returns to Detroit for a playoff game, something he could never secure for the Lions when he was there. Jared Goff gets to play his former team that just disrespectfully shipped him out there unceremoniously to get Stafford. lot of intrigue here. Where are we going, Katie? Uh, I think I'm most excited for this game. I love this matchup. Like you said, obviously, there's so many good storylines. It's a fresh start for both guys, and it feels like they get to go flaunt their new Mm. relationships in front of their exes and how much they're flourishing. I think this one could be a shootout. I'm so excited for this game. And it's so funny saying this, like think about what we talked about the Rams heading into the season in our division previews. Like I never imagined we'd be the most excited for this game. Two great coaches, big time. And I love how aggressive Dan Campbell is, 
But that Cowboys game, my brain was is still melting a little bit for he just wouldn't stop going for two. And I do worry that sometimes decisions like that can maybe get in the way. But the Rams are just so hot right now. It's about when you get hot, the Rams be scoring. The Lions be scoring. Do we know Sam? They do be scoring. scoring. Do we know Sam Laporta if he's playing yet? Uh, I don't think we have a final determination on that. Yeah, I think it sounds more like he's not than he will. He's such a big piece that offense. He's been so much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm very excited for this one. I have the Rams winning 30-27. simply because it feels like it would be very Lions for this to happen. But I hope they do break away and they actually make a deep run in the playoffs. Well, it's going to be very Lions. What's up? Their performance on Thanksgiving, if that's any indicator, then they're going to lose because they never win Thanksgiving games, even when they're (laughs) supposed to. (laughs) Sean, go ahead. My boss is a huge Lions fan, and he hates Matthew Stafford. I don't know why, though, because... What? I mean, yeah, I didn't think Lions fans were so, you know, visceral towards him because it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, yeah, they made the trade because, yes, he wanted it, but... They sent him off to win a Super Bowl. They sent their favorite son off because he couldn't get it done there. They couldn't get it done for him. We need, by the way, we need Adele's hello playing in the background of this. That uh, we game, we, we can't afford game. that. We can't afford exactly. that. <laughs> I've got the Rams winning this one because they are the hottest team in the NFL. You want to talk about who's hot? It's not the Bills. It's the Rams. The Puka Rams Nakua, are so hot right now. Cooper Cup. The way they're running the ball. This Rams team looks like it could make a run, and I think it'll start this weekend in Detroit. And I think Matt Stafford, the prodigal son, returns home to break the hearts of the fans who may still be wearing his jersey. Ooh. I've got this one 34-31 Rams. Ooh. Hey. Um, I think you guys have covered all the bases. I'm going Lions 31, Rams 30, and it's really just a toss-up. Uh, I don't feel great about this pick either. It could go either way. The Lions, when they protect Jared Goff well, can put up a ton of points. Um, the Rams don't have the greatest pass rush in terms of names, but production has been better than names. Um, I'm curious to see if, if they're able to scheme something up, disrupt the Lions, because they do, I think, they'll win the game. But I got the Lions 31-30. I'm here for the storybook, baby. Keep the Lions season going. Uh, last game of Super Wildcard Weekend, Eagles at Sean's team that he covers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Monday night game, and let me just say, no offense to the schedule makers, but what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something about that real quick? Yeah. I have friends flying into town on Sunday night, and we were waiting to make plans, waiting to make plans. Aaron has off on Monday because it's Martin Luther King Day, and I was going to take that day off, and we were going to go down, visit our friends on St. Pete Beach. They've got a, they've got a room at a resort, and we were just going to spend the day there with them, have a beach day, you know. Um, get some dinner, just have a nice day with friends that we don't get to see a lot. And I said, but wait, guys, I said, you know, before we make these plans and before I can get this day off, I just got to make sure that, you know, either A, the Bucks are in the playoffs because they had to win last week in Carolina to do so, or, you know, B, the game isn't on Monday night. But I, I find it really hard to believe that the NFL is going to put that game on Monday night. Like, why would ESPN want the Bucks versus the Eagles or Cowboys? Like, this is the same matchup as last year, essentially. But, you know, no Tom Brady, no Leonard Fournette. You know, it's, it's, we're not going to put him on Monday night. Oh, how little I know about the NFL and about TV rights. Yeah, I have no idea why this game is Monday night. Honestly, people here in Tampa have no idea why this game is on primetime. But it is. And then at least 
gives the Bucks one extra day to prepare because Baker Mayfield is banged all kinds of up. Uh, his ribs do not look good. If you watched that game against Carolina last week, it was a 9 nothing win for the Bucks. Kudos to the defense for shutting them out. Um, but that was a game in which the offense could not get going. Baker Mayfield was clearly laboring in pain out there, really couldn't get much going. One of those field goals was a 57-yarder for the Bucs. And quite honestly, the Panthers scored more touchdowns than the Bucs. But one was fumbled at the one-yard line by DJ Chark, <laughs> thanks to an amazing play from Anton Winfield Jr. Second time uh, he's done that this year. Not a pro bowler, my ass. And the That's second one was called back from, uh, for, for holding. So the Jags, or not the Jags, the Panthers got in the end zone more time than the Bucs did, but um, Bucs still walked out of there with W. Baker Mayfield still nursing that rib injury. Todd Bowles said today on you know Thursday when we're recording this podcast that he would not have practiced today had it been regular practice. It was just a walkthrough. Uh, so a lot of what the Bucs are going to be able to do on Monday is going to hinge on how Baker Mayfield feels. Um, probably still not very good, but at the same time, that's an Eagles defense that's kind of being picked apart right now. Um, I feel like this is a toss-up. The Eagles are only getting three points on the road against a nine and eight team. Um, well, and I think that's for only a good reason. Games are last six. So it kind of makes sense. I, I want to take the Eagles because Baker Mayfield is so like, he's clearly not okay. Um, and they've not looked good the last two weeks out against the saints and against the Panthers. Thank God the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. I'll, I'll take the Eagles because at the very least, the Eagles are better than the Panthers. What's the score? Oh, man. I could see this being like 20 to 14. Something some ugly it's like that. Like be 20, gross. It's going to be gross. 20 to 13. 20 to 13, Philadelphia. All right, Katie. Uh, oof. I'm just not as excited for this one. <laughs> if you look at the Eagles record, you'd think that this would be a blowout. But what, what have they lost? Five of the last six? The Eagles just look so disjointed right now. And I don't mean Jalen Hurts' finger. Jesus, that was disgusting to look at. <laughs> nice. But that, that Giants game was just embarrassing. And they played their starters and it was so bad. I don't know how healthy they're going to be. I don't know how they're going to be able to run the ball with Hurts if he's hurt and with Swift. And like you said, Sean Baker looked really banged up at the end of that game. I still think I'm going to go Bucks because I just even if the Bucks don't win, I think the Eagles can maybe lose it. And it's so oh, it's so strange for me to say this. I've been a Baker hater my whole life, but man, when he's healthy, he's playing such good football right now. He looks really <laughs> good this season, and I hate that those words are coming out of my mouth. What was that primetime game we were watching where we all texted like you were like, "I hate watching Baker play football." Yeah. <laughs> I've always just hated watching Baker play football. And then I had to look in the mirror eventually and go, bitch, he's kind of good. And we need to accept <laughs> that. That's not the same Baker, though, that we're seeing. Clearly no, that rib injury is bothering him. And then even before that against the Saints, they looked terrible. Mm -hmm. And he threw a couple of, dare I say, Baker Mayfield-esque interceptions. And that was all before the rib injury. I have the Bucks winning. And I think it's going to be right. a bad game. I'm going to say... 1714. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think you guys touched all the bases there. Uh, I have Eagles 17, Bucks 16. They're gonna, they gotta figure it out eventually. And if it was a better team they were playing, I would say they're definitely gonna lose. But 
the Buccaneers, for as much as I enjoyed their late season run, um, they've kind of tailed off and I don't have a lot of confidence in them. So 17, 16 comes down to a field goal. Jake Elliott hits the game winner or something and the Eagles move on, even though they don't deserve it. That's probably what, what we end up getting. All right. Um, let's move on to our bold predictions. Let's run through these quickly. Katie, you're up first, even though on the dock, it says Kate. Oh, I actually, um, largely right, go by Kate. Kate outside of work. That's, oh, really? Yeah. In school, my teacher said, what's your legal name? And I said, Katie. And he said, it's not short for anything. And he's like, Katie Caldwell is a great sports name. And he said, you can't go by anything but that. So outside oh. of work, I, I actually prefer Kate. But yeah, people know me as Katie. Oh, um, no, I can't do it. Sorry. That's it's always the more be- you know. I didn't ask you Katie. to. Katie. 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 <laughs> My bold prediction is that the Bucks are going to knock out the Eagles. It's not that bold. It feels a little boring, but I don't know. I didn't really have anything exciting for this weekend. No, me either. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I struggled too. Sean? I said a a seven seed is going to be a two seed. Yeah. Whether it's the Steelers or whether it's the the Steelers or the Packers, uh, it's going to happen for the first time. We know where you're looking, but all right, that's fair. Um, Mine is going to be, I couldn't come up with one. So I just said Joe Flacco throws for 350 and a wild Browns win. I don't know if that's going to happen. I like that one. That one rocks. Yeah. We'll see. All right. That does it for NFL Talk. Katie, it's your least favorite time of the podcast. It is time for the game show that is sweeping the nation. It's your favorite game show. You just don't know about it yet. You will know about it. You tell your friends. You'll tell your relatives. Your grandma is going to love this game, and she's going to feel some sympathy for Katie. Who is in the crosshairs today on another rousing edition of... Do you even know? All right. Katie, today's topic, great moments in NFL playoff history. It's very on brand. Figured we'd give you something that's a little bit easier. It won't be. And I will start it off. I know. <laughs> the the monkey right. with the symbols and the vest comes into my head whenever we play this game, and I just don't even know how to speak words anymore. Preparation is key for me. That's why I hate this segment. <laughs> you are not a cotton-headed ninny muggins, okay? You're not. But our first question is, Katie. On January 4th, 2004, the Seattle Seahawks faced the Green Bay Packers. You'll probably remember this game, although it was before when you were a Seahawks fan. In a wild card game that went to overtime. They won the going toss. And quarterback Matt Hasselbeck infamously uttered, we want the ball and we're going to score. He was probably pick sixth to lose the game to the Packers. Katie, do you even know who picked him off? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't even have a guess for that one. Here's a clue. He is the current defensive backs coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Defensive backs coach? He has long hair. Why can't I th- I don't know who the backs coach is. I only know Dan Quinn. Okay. I don't have an answer for well, that. Well, the answer is... The answer is Al Harris. Oh! Yes. I don't even know if I knew that he was on the Dallas coaching staff. Look at me just delegitimize my career right now. Look at this. No, it's, it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a position coach. I wouldn't expect you to know that. All right, Sean, your turn. Uh, Katie, if it's any consolation, I didn't know that one either. That is. That does help me emotionally. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> I feel uh, All right, Katie. In Super Bowl 43, Santonio Holmes made one of the greatest catches in the game's history. But where... Did Santonio Holmes catch that go-ahead touchdown pass against the Cardinals? Which stadium? Which city? I'll take either of them. I hate this game. Which 
Super Bowl. 43, Steelers 43. Cardinals. Three. Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald. Anquan Bolden, Fast Willie Parker, Heinz Ward, all those guys. James Harrison running down the sideline, needing the mask afterwards. Here's yeah, here, I'm remembering you. that game. Like which stadium, which city? Yeah. Was that in San Francisco? I'll take either or. Was that in yeah. San Francisco? No. Because it was it before was they not. built Levi's and they didn't have yeah. Super Bowl and some candlestick. I'll give oh, you a clue, yeah. It was in the Sunshine State. Ooh, would that have been just, Los Angeles before? No, it's Florida. Oh, Sunshine State, right, Florida man. <laughs> See, I told you, I want to abolish the segment. Was it? John went personal here. Was it Tampa? Yeah. Oh, yay. He gets a point. She gets a point. No, she no, 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 no. I don't get a point, point for that. I want a quarter of a point for that one. No, she gets a half a point. point for getting it. I spent a half a point for sympathy. <laughs> okay. All right. This is going to be too hard, so I'm going to change it on the fly. But Katie, your third and final question, and do you even know where you have a point or half a point, <laughs> depending on who you ask here. In 2002, the Cleveland Browns made their first playoff appearance since the days of Bill Belichick and famously blew a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, losing to a rival. Originally, I wanted to ask you who the quarterback was, but I don't think you're going to get no. it. So I'll ask you instead, do you even know who did they lose to in that game? I was I got into football later. That's why I struggle with a lot of these. Um, I didn't grow up watching football very intensely. Okay, here I'll give you another one. In 2014, the Seattle Seahawks played the NFC Championship game against a certain team in Seattle. That game was a thriller. Went to overtime. Nick, you're doing a really bad job of this. I'm not objectively like you thinking on the fly here. Give me a break. Give me a break, Sean. Katie might remember it. It went to overtime, but only because their opponent botched an onside kick, allowing the Seahawks a chance to get the game to overtime. Who did they play and beat to get to the Super Bowl that year? Wait, what year is that? Sorry, I... This is 2014. So, like, is the question, who did they beat in the NFC Championship? Yes. Yes. I don't remember. (laughs) All right, the answer was the Green Bay Packers. And that is the end. <laughs> That's when I was like edition. a new, new ish. That yeah. is the end of Katie ever participating in Do You Even Know Again. By the way, yes. that Browns question, they lost to the Steelers in 2002. What was it? It was like, wasn't it like 24 to 3 at one point? Uh, I don't, I it was a. Very that's when memory. that's when uh, the Steelers played Renegade for the first time, Katie. Yep. And oh, I was wondering why you were singing it. That's they came got, back, and that's how Renegade started. I got distracted. I love sticks. I got very distracted by that. Stupid song. Stupid tradition. All right. Um, <laughs> the jig is up. The news is out. They finally uh, Lemon Bendy said it was the fail Mary. No, that was a regular season game against the Packers, um, and that was in 2011. Lockout year. Uh, okay. We are going to advance now to switch gears, shift gears to the F1 side where a lot of news actually happened in the F1 side of things. Guys, uh, we don't have a lot of time because we're already past an hour and I didn't write a banner for this. But would you like to tell everyone listening to the show what happened with Haas, Sean, Haas, F1 team? Well, they went and folk smashed their door and fired Gunter Steiner, the team principal (sighs) at Haas. F1 team is out. Gunter Steiner, arguably the most 
popular of the team principals, even though it's one of the worst teams, just because of his personality, his eh, pretty much just his personality, his profanity uh, in Drive to Survive. Watching Drive to Survive as a fan that came up through that show, you would think that Haas was a lot better than they were and that they were more relevant than they are because he got so much camera time. Because as a journalist, you're taught, find the characters. And Gunter Steiner was a character, is a character. When he got fired, all of the Netflix executives just collapsed onto the ground. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> he is just, the, he's the first star that just really sucked you into that show. Not like that show, it's real life. But I feel like it would be the same in the paddock where he's just such a character and he's so funny and he's had so much drama. And every time that he was on the phone with Gene, I think was just always the best part of that that whole series it was, so it far. Was, it was always off camera yeah. too. <laughs> Trying to be off camera, but then he forgets that he's still mic'd up and you can hear it. But it's like, oh, fuck, Gene. <laughs> every time I'm like, oh, Gene, Gene, we're, Gene, we did it right this weekend. Hi, Gina, Gene. we did it right. <laughs> but um, was it K-Mag today that was saying on... Uh, Twitter that it's not a matter of uh, a team principal. It's all of their equipment is from like 2016. Yeah. That he's talking about like at a pit stop, the guns, this, like everything there, there needs to be more money invested in the team, which we've known that forever about Haas, that money, like uh, that, that was, that was Gunter himself. That, that, that's what he was saying. He's, he's saying that like th there needs to be more of an investment and Gene Haas is saying, no, 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 we yeah, don't need more investment. We just need oh, that was the said. right man in charge. Mm -hmm. I think so. Wow. So I read a one-on-one -on -one that was on F1.com. I read like a recap on it on the race. And um, they basically highlighted how Gene said that, like Sean said, um, that it's not money, that it's we just need to be better. We're not getting the results. But if this is true, because like what he did in this interview was was very like just overflowing with praise for their partnership with Ferrari. Like they supply us with so much great equipment. They really give us great stuff, which Ferrari noted uh, ruiner of dreams because of yeah. their own mistakes, whether it's engineering, you know, race decisions or equipment, uh, not the best reputation, not a team that you'd be like, they're a great supplier when they can't even supply themselves very well. So don't believe you there, Gene. And also this is a money driven sport. This is a, a sport that thrives off of investment we've seen outside partners come in and invest and then they ask gene well why don't you take like you know an investor like alpine has done oh no did we lose sean and essentially what he said was i don't want other people throwing me you know you know 10 million dollars here and 10 million dollars there and then expecting 15 percent returns uh you know we've done a really good job of surviving when other teams haven't survived since we began and that's what we're you know going to maintain and i don't want other too many people you know in the decision making room and it's like are you serious? Like, you're going to suck. If you're not innovating, you're going to suck. And if you don't have the money to innovate, you're going to suck. And the person that you replace Gunther with is not going to be any better because you're not supplying. It's like asking somebody to go fight a war with sticks and rocks in 2024. And, and it's just not fair. Why are you trying to just survive in a sport where ideally you want right. to keep, you want to thrive? You don't, you want to keep getting yeah. better and you want to build on it. And there were so many moments these last few years where it felt like, especially, when would that have been? Like 2019, 20, where it's like you really felt that they were starting to get there and you felt yeah. that the upgrades on the car were going were gonna to help them and push them forward. 
And it felt like all this buildup on Drive to Survive was finally going to pay off where not only are they really entertaining and you're cheering for them because of the personalities, but you're cheering for them because they're like not necessarily a McLaren level glow up, but you, I always thought that they were going to glow up a bit more than that. And yeah, that just seems really short sighted. If you're not going to actually um, properly invest in it, what are you doing? There's so many teams and people that would kill to be in that spot. Another thing he said to justify the fact that he doesn't want outside investors is like, we're not here to make money. We're not a company like that. We're, we joined to race. And it's like, what's the point of racing if you're in the back of the pack? Like, it's F1 in 2024. Like Participation trophy. Wee. Yeah. Do you, uh, so it, 2019, the timeline on that is the rich energy year. It's like right oh, around Oh, yeah, right. So did that have something to do with the fact that they have an advance and they don't have the money or don't want to spend the money? I don't know. I'm not involved there. But That was rich. <laughs> ah, ah, there you go. Energy <laughs> drink company that does not exist and never followed through on its investment and left them out in the cold. And now he leaves Gunter Steiner out in the cold, which means we don't get any more cool shots of him doing an Aldi catalog photo shoot on uh, Drive to Survive. We don't get shots of him and um, Mattia Bonotto driving around in a very tiny car through the countryside somewhere in Europe. Uh, maybe they can actually just do their own spinoff where it's just them like Top Gear, where they're just driving cars around the countryside talking. I love that for them. And I would love that for us if that happened, because what a gift that whole segment was on that show. Also, for those listening and not watching, we have lost Sean. We don't know where he went, but Nick and I will carry on. We'll, we'll end the he podcast texted- strong. Yes, he said, Wi-Fi is out. I'll be back momentarily. Just carry on. <laughs> um, well, Katie, that's all we have to say, I think, in F1, right? Oh, no, we want some. Uh, we have one more thing. Um, we have New Year's resolutions for each team. Yeah, just a quick, cheeky little, what do we think the New Year's resolution should be for each F1 team? I like how you put this in alphabetical order. That makes my desire to be organized. It satisfies it so much. Well, luckily, I have diagnosed OCD, which is helpful sometimes, but not most of the time. Yes. Um, We'll start with Alpine. I think Sean maybe put this one in. Don't blow up as much. He's back. Oh, there he is. Greetings, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You know what? What have we missed, guys? What have I missed? We are just getting to New Year's resolutions. Sweet. Well, thank you for carrying on without me. I was hoping you would. (laughs) Luckily, we can drive the ship without you. I think you're expendable, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Apparently I'm expendable too for poor vocabulary. Katie will be the only host of the show in the future. Thank you for watching. We'll see you later. Yes. In other news, Uh, with me being the only host, we have abolished the do you even know segment. That is our. And we have ended the podcast (laughs) because Katie wants to quit. (laughs) But she never wanted to be here in the first place. Uh, Alpine is first on the list. What is the resolution for Alpine? Katie, go ahead. This one, I I think you put this one in, Sean, but it's oh, just don't, don't blow up as much. Just just as much, you know. Yeah. Be more French, but don't blow up as much. <laughs> How do you be more French? I don't know. What, do you eat more baguettes? Yeah, put baguettes on the side of the car. <laughs> All right. That's just, a hell of a cut and dry. <laughs> there's there's a baguettes. Eat some escargot in the, in the garage. Uh, All right, let's move on. Alpha Tauri, uh, I didn't put this one yep. in, but I fully endorse it. Come up with a better name than Racing Bulls. Oh, God. Oh. I'm deeply upset that that's what their team name is. That's, it's got to be mean, the worst. Alpha Tauri sucked, too. Yeah, but at least it was, it was the clothing brand. Like, 
I don't know, man. Racing Bulls. They couldn't find a sponsor because, remember, it was supposed to be Adidas, which, again, thank God it wasn't because I couldn't go through a whole F1 season hearing Adidas over and over and over again. (laughs) But Racing Bulls. You had Toro Rosso to Alpha Tauri to Racing Bulls. Let's go back to Toro Rosso. Yes. I mean, it's not wrong. It's just boring. Oh, it just makes me uncomfy. It feels like it just doesn't fit or work or I don't know. Maybe I just fear change, but I hate it. Uh, Aston Martin is next on the list. What is their New Year's resolution? Um, I added this one. I think their New Year's resolution should be have less Nepo babies behind the wheel. But there's only so one Nepo land. baby behind. Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see. I see. I didn't say how Clever. many less, but less. And Sean, you do that um, math all on your own, and you just sit with it, my friend. I don't, I don't know. We that's not why we got in this business. Um, Canadian on Canadian crime, I might add. You know, I do love Lance Stroll. I just no, you it's don't. not working. No, you, no, you don't. No one. I likes do. Lance We've Stroll. talked about His this. I don't like Lawrence like Stroll. Oh, oh well. So. So change ownership is really the New Year's resolution. That would be great. Yeah, change ownership and then well, if Lance, they change ownership. Can, Lance can thrive not under the crushing weight of his father. That would be actually best case. If they change Lance ownership, job, I know he would. Lance Stroll would be out of a job real fast. Oh, yep. I know. Yep. Let me stand yep. up for my Canadian. I love Lance. Not a big fan of Lawrence. On the record. It's just not All right. Um can't buy your father's love, as Katie once famously said. Uh, Ferrari, what is their New Year's resolution? Ferrari, I have Charles converts more poles to wins. Even just one would be nice. And it would be great if he screamed this season on the radio 30 to 40% less. I still anticipate a lot of screaming. But for Ferrari fans, that must have been a tough scene. Every time Charles just screams on the radio, it like... Hits a part of my soul. There's so much feeling in it. He has, oh, I've, I'm just cheering for him to not have to go through all the issues that he's gone through with Ferrari. I'm cheering for him not sad. to have nightmares where in the nightmares it just says box, box. Yes. <laughs> we are going with plan K. How many are there? Uh, yeah, exactly. There like, are 26 letters. I- there are 26 plans. I memorized all 26 plans last night. Thank you. Um, How does that apply to Yuki Tsunoda, though? Because he also screams on the radio a lot. You know, is this a fair judgment here? I think with with Yuki, I think it's more, I don't want to say self-inflicted, but with, with Charles, it's so much these things are happening to him. And with Yuki, it's just because he's a little amazing ball of fire. And I just love that. I think that equal amounts of screaming, but very different reasons and where it comes from yuki can scream on the radio all he wants so i just he can't do anything wrong that's fair he's also small so give him what he wants uh haas what is the new year's resolution for haas try to look like a bunch of rock stars even though it's gonna be hard now without the rock star himself gunter steiner (sighs) it's better than a bunch of wankers Just saying, just saying. Um, it's always a weird term for me as somebody who's not British. Wanker. Wanker. Yeah. Wanker. Yeah. All right, Mercedes. It sucks to say it in our accents. It just doesn't hit the same True. at all. And my, and my Midwestern A, wanker. Wanker. Yeah. Not, He's a wanker. Wanker. 
wanker. Wanker. Oh, go flaccid. Yeah, sounds better. <laughs> that does sound way better. Yeah. Go on. Uh, Mercedes, what is the New Year's resolution for them? For Mercedes, I put for the car to just be less bad. And that is a callback to one of my favorite lines of the season. Lewis, the car is bad. We know. We know. Please drive it. <laughs> yeah, Toto. Lewis, shut the F up and just drive the car, man. So Toto paid 45 has so many, million euros here to do. He has so many iconic sound bites, but that is a dark horse for me of just one that brings oh, yeah. me a lot of joy. I remember watching that live and just my jaw dropping, being like, oh my God. It has to be really bad when suck. Toto gets annoyed with Lewis. It's like, just yeah. drive the car, Lewis, dude. Lewis, we know the car is bad. Please just drive it. Uh, okay, McLaren, Sean's team. What is there? Actually, Katie, read Red, read Red Bulls first. Yeah, so for Red Bull, I added this. Just keep doing exactly what you're doing. They don't need to change a thing. I, I'm not even going to bring Checo into it, whatever it is. They kicked everyone else's ass. It's working for them. Max is the best driver in the world. Don't change a thing. And then for McLaren, I have do exactly what Red Bull is doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're talking about they got their wind tunnel all fixed up. They said all their facilities are, you know, the, as modern as they can be. They've caught up to everyone else. And we saw what that paid off with, with that car towards the end of last season. So they could hit the ground running this time around. Uh, oof, that's going to be a fun, maybe, title race between those two teams, although I wouldn't, um, wouldn't count on it. But you never know. I just want that we need some race. sort of intrigue. Yeah, we just need some intrigue. Right, yeah. uh, the, the newly renamed, formerly Alfa Romeo, Steak F1 team. What is their <laughs> New Year's resolution? Yeah, I don't like that name either. Uh, I'll take the reins on this one. I say this not to objectify him. I think Valtteri Bottas needs to show his ass even more in 2024. <laughs> I mean, how much more even ass more. do you want? Do you want like assless racing suits? I don't care how he does it. Assless chaps. And if Joe feels so inclined, he can show his ass too. I, anyone's <laughs> welcome. But that fits with what I filled in, which is embrace your new weird identity. I mean, I, Valtteri's been doing that for the past year, two years. Exactly. So just ramp it up. Just keep going on that trend because the calendar is amazing. The whole vibe of all of it is just a really fun F1 storyline of how much we've all collectively seen his naked ass. That, that I do embrace that about like European culture is like just how they embrace nudity as like art. They're just like, ah, I, like he's just doing naked saunas on Drive to Survive. He's taking <laughs> photos of his bare ass and, and that could be good enough for album covers. Like, all right, man, that's cool. Meanwhile, you'll see my midriff for like a second and you're like, oh my God. Oh, it's not that we didn't want to see your midriff, Sean. I mean, I don't really want to see your midriff, but I don't, I'm not bothered by it. It's the fact that your shirt's too small. I'm, I'm staying right out of this. that one. I'm not getting back into this, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Williams, the last New Year's resolution. Williams, be more American. Eagle screech. <laughs> Fair enough. They have an American investor and an American driver. Lean into I it. I going to work Charlie Charlie really lean into it. Really lean into it. Rock Frank <laughs> Nick, I knew you'd pick me up on that one. Of Every course. time I just see a photo of Logan Sargent, I just, that those words jump into my brain. Rock flag and eagle. And I would never change nope. that. What a gift. No, never. What a great song. What a, I hope they're better this year because 
I like watching them race when their cars are right in the straight. All right. Uh, do we do hate it or love it, folks? Let's make a judgment call here. Very quick. Just bang this one out. All right. What's your hate? Uh, my hate is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Enough said. Oh, Enough just, said. that's it. Enough no said. further context needed. Press on. You're good. All right, no John. Getting caught in weird rainstorms. I was out for a run tonight. It wasn't supposed it's to It's always rain. the weather with you. <laughs> or car rentals. I feel like I've had some some very inventive hates. At least I came prepared for the one this time. Do you even have one, Nick? No. Exactly. <laughs> so why are you picking on me? Dude, I was out for a run tonight and got caught in a rainstorm and had to cut it short. It sucked. Good hate. Is your hair still Good wet? Good hate, Sean. No. Yeah, it is actually still a little wet. Yeah, it looks like it. a little bit. I wouldn't know. Um, I I don't have a hate. Uh, Katie, what's your love? Nick is just so positive, and I love that. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, my love, I will save this for next week because I think it's important to talk about. But if we're doing a very quick segment, I'll save it for next pod. It would be the PWHL. I'm very happy that exists in this world and it's thriving. But my love for this week is going to be. Um, this is the first podcast that we've done since Carl passed. And I listened to the last pod and all the kind words from you guys was really, really meaningful. And I cried my eyes out listening to it. And yeah, I'm just really grateful for the two of you because this has been the hardest thing I've ever been through putting Carl, my amazing, wonderful dog down. But the the kind words are my love for this week. That was so meaningful. Sean. We love Carl. We love Carl. We love Carl. That's mine too. Yeah. We love having you on as well. <laughs> we love Carl. We love having our little triangle of love for Hate It or Love It and beyond. <laughs> That's going to do it. Sean, wrap it up. That has- oh, wait. Actually, hold on. We have, we have something we have to chime in here. Uh, Chris. You do this every time. You always tell me to wrap I- it up and then you interrupt me. Every freaking week, Nick. You mad? That, that one was not intentional. But I'm glad it went that way. Uh, he said Rogers in the weather and then gave us the fire emoji. <laughs> and then he said, sounds like my complaints for the last decade. <laughs> well, now you have a fair point, sir. <laughs> All right. Now you can wrap it up, Sean. Oh, super metal. This has been episode 23 of the Gridiron Podcast for Nick Shook, Katie Caldwell. I am Sean Barry. As always, thank you for watching and leave li- live life in the fast lane. Something like that. I don't know. Good night. Yeah, that's good enough. See ya. Good night, Canada.